What's up everybody? This is Pastor Sam. And this is Danny. And together we're exploring the book of Mark. Join us each week as we dive into each chapter outside of our Sunday morning messages as we explore what this book is trying to teach us. And today, chapter 5, Jesus healed a man with a demon. Jesus healed a woman who was bleeding and Jairus' daughter. That's right. We are in it. We are in it. Another great week, another great week, another great chapter. Yes, chapter 5. And you know, in our study so far of Mark's gospel, we've seen that Jesus has begun to demonstrate his divine abilities through nature, yes. his teachings, mm. his miracles. Mm. And the reaction that the people have to him, and even the Jewish leadership is strong, mixed sometimes, with some believing and others skeptical. Uh, many of the leaders becoming actually confrontational. Mark, it's interesting because Mark describes seven instances where the scribes and the Pharisees accuse Jesus of various sins. And we see that really in chapters chapters 3 and 4. Mm-hmm. Chapters 2, 3, and 4, we, we see those seven encounters. And in these previous seven encounters, Mark described there was skepticism and disbelief mm-hmm. and even accusations. Uh, which brings us to this section. Uh, starting in chapter 5, we'll see Jesus interact with groups of people who will witness his power and who will respond with belief. And for these people, Jesus is not only a great teacher or a miracle worker, but in the case of this chapter, he becomes the Lord of their hopeless situations. Yeah, I, I, I think you, you are starting here well with this idea that People see the demonstration of Jesus' power and they have to respond to it. And, and on chapter 4, in the end of chapter 4, uh, which Rich preached to us, yes. uh, he, you know, on the storm, we see that the disciples, they are terrified, mm-hmm. right? And when Jesus demonstrates his power, they are, they are afraid. So they are yeah. terrified by the, the power of the winds and yeah. the waves and the storm. But then there are even uh, greater fear came into them once they saw the demonstration of Jesus' power. And then now in chapter 5 that we're about to, to get into it, uh, shows that Jesus not only have power over the natural world, right? Uh, right? He's, as what you just said that, right? I'm yeah, just repeating yeah, the yeah. sense. Uh, he has power over the supernatural world. Supernatural, uh, yep. And specifically the evil aspect of the supernatural world. Yeah, which really kicks us off in chapter 5 here, where he comes into contact with um, this man who has been possessed with a legion of demons. Yes, there? and look at you, a legion of Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that word legion there uh, comes from the Latin legion, right? Uh, uh, so it's a, it's a military term that was born from the Latin. It's legion designed to to explain a large troop unity, uh, unity of the Roman army, about 5,600, somewhere around there, people mm-hmm. used to say. Um, so it's not that it's this demonic guy here has this demonic activity has this uh split personality but Mm -hmm. a multiple uh personality equal to the one of the roman uh forces legion so this is a play of the words to say that was that was many demons in there yeah i mean i think the jewish talmud gives us four signs of madness Mm-hmm. Walking about night, which we knew this guy did. Ooh. Spending the night on a grave. I'm not sure if he did that. But I couldn't do either of those. Walking <laughs> at night around the grave. I'm out, boy. Tearing off one's clothes and mm-hmm. destroying what was what one has, what one's given. So uh, we can say this, this this guy was definitely in, in a tough spot here. Well, and, and to be back on that's a reminder of number, power, intention of the demons, right? Mm-hmm. What you're just saying, like... 
uh, the demons were not nice to this guy and and i think it, it explains the the um, the intentionalities of, of the demonic around them and 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 uh, you know even uh, most people i don't know maybe we're jumping into too deep into the into the pastor right but most people question hey pastor why why the pigs why did jesus send them to the pigs why the, jesus knew would make it upset uh, yeah. but the death of the pigs demonstrated the ultimate aim of the demon of demonic possessions, Seek right? To kill and destroy. The first purpose is to destroy our image of God. We were created in the image of God, and dem- demonic activity in someone's lives, as we re- read here in chapter five, it is a completely destruction of the image of God by which that guy was created. And then the second thing uh, is the is the goal of death, right? What happened mm-hmm. to the pigs was what would have happened, or what would eventually happen. To the guy himself. So this is a pitiful event uh, where we see this guy uh, being possessed uh, by this lesion that is completely destroying who he is and what he was made to be. Uh, so uh, what he did with the pigs is what he would do with the guy. And for Jesus, it is guy has a lot more worth yeah, than yeah. pig, right? Yeah, and I like uh, it says that the man was from the tombs. And they see for the Jews... The tombs was they were it was an unclean place. They were not allowed to touch like bodies, mm-hmm. and, and the, this demons of this guy drove pe- drove these people to live in this horrific place. Drove this guy to live here, mm-hmm. and we see the demons is taking delight and causing misery and, and torment to their host. But I thought it was funny that they come to Jesus and then, <laughs> then like, they don't they torture just, me. Don't torture me. Yeah, and that's I, I asked the question. It's like who is torturing who here, right? Uh, you know, uh, who are the ones being tortured here? I, I think it's the demons torturing uh, the guy, not Jesus to- torturing the demons. Although uh, they knew what the presence of Jesus was, who he was, and the power that he held. And they knew that in the eyes of Jesus, to rescue and restore one person is more important than any assets that people could have out there. So they, they really knew that Jesus was about the human redemption. Uh, not about the protection of capital for someone. So they knew that their time was limited in the life of their guy was coming to an end and they had to go somewhere. It is funny. We were talking yeah. about earlier about not even the demons want to go to hell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't want to go to the abyss where the others are. But here's what I find interesting about this, right? This particular healing of this man. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, three things I notice about this. First of all, Jesus has a dialogue with the demons. Yes. This was probably done. Why do you think he did this? Well, that's the first time I heard that. Good job. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I never thought of that. Jesus talking to the demons. That's right. Why didn't Jesus just like knock it off, get out of here and be done? Yeah, he had a conversation. To me, I think, I mean, we we could play with this idea here a little bit. And that's what this podcast is about. Mm -hmm. I think he was demonstrating to his disciples that he knew that there was a problem with this guy, but he had no fear. He was was in total control of... Of the situation, right? Because and then, all, not only that, he he sends the demon into the nearby herd of swine. Mm-hmm. Perhaps I think this was to kind of reassure the man who was demon possessed that he's completely healed. Mm. He's no longer possessed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that. I like that. Can, can I pick back on yeah, yeah. on this idea that you said that Jesus is not afraid of 
the demonic. No. I mean, people in this region was well, they were afraid scared. of They were scared. afraid. They they tried to tie this guy up. In they probably so see many... them going up. They'd be like, hey, there's a guy up there. <laughs> Don't go over there. <laughs> and, and so, and I preached a little bit on this. And I kind of made it a fun statement a couple of weeks ago. And I preached about being scared. And, and mm -hmm. I waved my Bible. And I said, get out of here, demon. Not today. I don't know if you remember mm -hmm. me doing that. Like... God does not want us to be afraid of evil. He wants us to confront evil. Yeah. And, and many Christians are afraid of demonic activities. Many Christians are afraid of evil things. Uh, and instead of standing up against evil, instead of, of, of going against on the physical and the spiritual, we hide away, we run. And here is, a, I like that what you said, Jesus was demonstrated, he wasn't afraid of it. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know uh, many times, and, and I'm on this conversation too, because I'm afraid of, the, of demons too, right? In a <laughs> sense, like, you know, yeah. but, but God has given us everything. He has given us his word. When Jesus was uh, uh, confronted by the, the demonic in his temptations, what did he do? He threw God's word, God's word. Yeah. on them, fought them with God's word. Paul gives us a strategy in yeah. Ephesians chapter 6, yeah, verse 10. He says, finally, brother, in the Lord, in the strength of his mighty, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. To stand against the schemes of the devil, not to succumb, not to run, not to be afraid, to stand against. Stand your ground because the first sign of fear is an opening, right? To mm -hmm. like to be overwhelmed, yeah. to be to be entrapped. But I think we need to have the boldness to know that God's already defeated the enemy. He's already defeated Satan, mm -hmm. and 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 we don't give them ground. We don't we don't give ground, and we have to stand. That's why you know James talks about you have to resist, and you have to resist James in the name of Jesus, mm -hmm. and, and the enemy will flee. Yes. You, do you really believe that verse? That you know when it comes to some of these things that I, the I, demon possession. I think we need to ask this question to those who are listening to us. You know, uh, do you believe that you can withstand against evil in this world? against the demonic activity in this world. It's not something that we talk very much in the U.S. No. Uh, demons are something that uh, uh, many people think is a fairy tale part mm -hmm. of Jesus' stories. It's like, oh, this, is, this doesn't really happen. It's a fairy tale aspect <laughs> of it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think there's more, more to it than just a fairy tale there. Yeah. Uh, what do you what do you got next? Do, I, I think I think that like I mean if I may I yeah, I yeah. can say like on verse six this guy come and fell down before That's, him. This is exactly what I was gonna say. This guy, this madman, he did something interesting. Yeah. He comes and he kneels down before Jesus. That Greek word to kneel down there means to worship. It's to worship. And to kiss someone's even, food. Even the demons still recognize who the authority is and who is who's superior. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I'm going to pick on the disciples here a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Up until this point, the demons know more about who Jesus is, his claim to, to, to Messiah. To be the Messiah, yeah. His, uh, uh, who he mm -hmm. is than they do. And, he, and they actually answer the question that they pose in verse in chapter 4, verse 41. If you go to chapter 4, verse 41, <coughs> mm -hmm. not that we're going to bring that chapter in. It's the last verse in that passage. Mm -hmm. And they who said... Who then is this? Who then is this? This is a disciple. Yeah. Who then is this? Mm -hmm. And who is answering the question in verse in verse 6 here? In verse 7. The in verse demon. 7. They say in verse 7... Who, who do you want to know who it is? Well, he is the Jesus, the son, <laughs> the of, the son of the Most High God. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, I think so, that's I think that's so so interesting. That's, yeah, uh, I, I mean, 
And this passage too, for the disciples, I think it is a, is an important one for us today. I'll go back a little bit, if, if I may, go back to the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Yeah. People are saying Jesus is doing what he's doing because he's demon-possessed. Right, he says he can't be demon possessed, and I think in and you can't demon can spell demon. Someone no, got to be yeah. stronger, and this yeah. verse shows like I am stronger, and I have the power to come into someone's house and take it apart because I'm the stronger man, meaning the the yeah. evil house, and because Jesus is the stronger man, and uh, and uh, what do you? I I, I I think this is funny that the demons find refuge in God. <laughs> Have you thought about this? I, I didn't think about that, but I was thinking about... He, he, they say, so they claim what we just said. Jesus, yeah. you send the most heart, and I adjure you by God. Yeah, that's what it says. Do not torment me. I'm reading here. I'm not making it up. <laughs> they take refuge on the Almighty One. They're using God to help themselves here. How? What? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Uh, they recognize Jesus' authority. They recognize who Jesus is. And uh, they hide behind God's name for protection over Jesus. I I mean, this is a very desperate place that these, the, these spiritual yeah. beings are at. Yeah, and, and one of the things I really like about this section here and this verse and this specific section is I see Jesus as a liberator. Yes, he, he he liberates this man, right? Mm, I love that word. And, and when I when when I think about that, when you read through after he encounters with them, he does this. We see, and we're going to talk a little about the people who come up, right? The people of the town they come mm -hmm. up after Jesus has put the put the uh, allowed the demons. He gave them permission to go into the pigs. The pigs as the people come up and they demand compensation. They, they didn't demand. They didn't want compensation for the pigs. <laughs> they wanted him to simply leave. leave. It's kind of sad. But here I see this guy, right? He's completely sane now. He's dressed. He's at peace. After years of insanity and torment, this man reminds me about the liberation and the newness that we find in Christ. And in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it says, you know, when, when, when we come into Christ, when we come into contact with Christ, behold, we're a new creation. The old mm -hmm. is gone. His old, his old madman this, his old, the guy that, who he was, who the town people were scared of, or who, whatever he was, was now gone. He's completely healed. He's completely mm -hmm. new again. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such a great reminder of what God does for us too as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. We may not be in the state that this guy is in, in a tomb, mm -hmm. like looking and, and just trying to hurt ourselves, but we need liberation just as much as he did. We do. And, uh, you know, you're touching something here for me, Danny, that is important. We tend to hold on to the fact that we got to choose who God should liberate and who God should not liberate. And when Jesus does something to someone that we are not big fan of or we don't respect or don't, we don't really care about, we ask Jesus, okay, I don't understand why you're doing this for that person, so can you just leave? <laughs> you know, can, can you? I mean, there's three people begging Jesus here. That, that word beg is very important. There's three begging here, yeah. right? On verse 10. The demons bag, mm -hmm. right? And then on verse 17, the people bag. And then at the end of on verse 18, the guy bagged. Yeah. Right? Uh, so everyone here is understanding that they are in the position of bagging Jesus, but they're for three different, completely different reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, right? Uh, the yeah. demons mm -hmm. is because they didn't want to be sent uh, back home to where they belong. 
the people is because they didn't comprehend what was Jesus doing for yeah. the guy. Because when Jesus does some things that you don't comprehend, you ask him to leave. And then the guy begging Jesus to follow him. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, here's the funny thing for me. Jesus responds to two of the beggings with the yes and one with the begging no. The demons, he he yeah. he does the demons wish. He does the people's wish. But he doesn't, but he doesn't the do the guy. Yeah. Right? Which is another, uh, like, a, par- a par- uh, paradigm shift, yeah. like a paradigm shift in our mind is that yeah. sometimes um, the best way to love someone is to tell that person no. No. Because yeah. there's something more. Um, well, he he had, I think, later on when Jesus comes back to this area, he's met with a great crowd. So mm-hmm. it, I would like to believe that this man, as part of that, like, professing what has been done for him you know the bible doesn't tell us that explicitly mm-hmm. but he goes and he's like oh where'd you come from you're back here oh this jesus guy oh and then when he comes back to the area the whole crowd wants to meet sure him sure and so going back to 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 that the yes is condemnation in here and the no is actual acceptance mm-hmm. right like i think that's funny how jesus uses this pra- uh, paradigm yeah shift and he's like you know what uh, if you think in yes is what brings uh, uh acceptance or well, actually no is actually the yes here in this passage for uh, them is a rejection is a condemnation where the guy Jesus said no it is actually acceptance um where the guy is uh sent in by jesus to um go into the towns and, and to the decapolis and to preach about him and I do need to bring one more point that I, I had here, which is, I think is a, is a historical point, but it's an important point. The Decapolis were 10 towns that uh, that together they used the same coin mm-hmm. uh, and they used the same kind of, uh, scholars say that they used the same kind of like economic system between them. They can't agree what those 10 towns are, uh, but they are Gentile towns, right? In the Jewish perspective, Everything about this passage, everything about these verses here, scream out unclean. unclean. Gentiles, pigs, tombs, demons, right? Uh, Gentile land, everything here is scream unclean. Jewish people would never walk into unclean. This is a place no one would want to go for any reason. Mm-hmm. Contrary to all reasons and expectations, Jesus go there, and he penetrates both walls of uncleanness, the physical and the spiritual, mm-hmm. to restore the guy, to do what you're saying earlier, to liberate the guy. Um, so uh, it's just uh, it just speaks of the heart of Jesus that he goes to unlovable places to love unlovable people. He goes to places that most people wouldn't go to rescue and liberate those people that we would not liberate. And I think it brings back to, to, to us, it should be come back to us this idea is that why are those places that nobody wants to go that we should be going in the name of Jesus? And why are those people that we should be liberating that we, haven't, that we're, we don't have a heart to liberate? You know, we got to be looking for those places. Uh, I, think, I think you're right. I think sometimes we know Right, but we just don't go because of whatever stops us, our own selfishness, our own desires, mm-hmm. and we we just don't just don't take that step. Imagine 
how much more see our faith is an active thing it's a growing thing right mm -hmm. and we'll talk a little more about faith i think in the second half of this as we talk about jairus's mm -hmm. daughter and and the woman but um i think it's an active thing that's growing and, and the more that the more that you put yourself out there to see god working in you and the less of you being in control of it the more mm. you grow oh yes and uh because a lot of times we lead into our own strength I did this because of what I could do, what oh, I could do. But mm -hmm. everything about God is a complete surrender. Jesus himself did that. He didn't come to earth on his own power. He came no. to earth. He came and he, he was born. He was he was he made himself to be like us mm -hmm. in the same way to grow and to learn and to, to, to be compassionate with us. And um, that's how he can relate to us. Yes. So, yeah, uh, so uh, just one last about this Decapolis here. It, it, was a it was serious, a place, Syria, the country Syria, but Israel took it in 1967. And it's still a political problem today. Uh, in the 4th century, uh, the Philip the Great, uh, he passed away and his kid was fighting for, for this land. Uh, which, which, why I bring that up is because there is a lot of importance in this area for the people all the time and Jesus is going to that specific place to bring liberation to those who would mm -hmm. not be liberated otherwise. So uh, Jewish people, the, for, the, for the Jewish people, the Messiah would never come to a place like this to save people like that. And yeah. I think in our 21st century, I think we might have somewhat uh, similar thinking. Similar <laughs> thinking. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to go there because Jesus doesn't want to save people like that. <laughs> and, uh, and so we need to be a little bit more... Um, um, we need to do what Jesus did here, restore this guy to sanity of mind yeah. uh, so that he can become a disciple, so that he can find salvation and uh, be seated in the feet of Jesus to be a true disciple, which is to be the presence of Jesus, to learn and to speak of, of what he does. So anything else about this part? No, man, I think we kind of nailed this one uh, all the way through. You know, I think it's, it's just interesting, uh, this thing here. But uh, the second half, the second half of this, this chapter is really broken down into two sections. Mm -hmm. First twenty-one verse, first twenty verses are about the the man who was uh, with the demon. Now the second half focuses on on, on, on a, what they call a sandwich writing. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what's going on here. You have uh, you sure. have Jairus coming. He's the bread. Mm -hmm. You know, he's coming and he's he tells Jesus exactly what he wants, and then in the middle, the meat of it. You have the, the story of the woman with the issue of blood, and then the other end of the sandwich, you have uh, Jairus um, and the play out there. So we all, we all know the story, the woman um, with the issue of blood. and So Jesus continues his teaching. He, said he crossed over to the boat again to the other side. So he must have left right after, right? Yeah, yeah. He must have left. He goes, you guys don't want me here? Okay, I respect I, your I, wishes. Yeah, that's what, yeah that's, uh, I I'm, think that's true. And he gathered about it, and he was on the other side. And I love it here, Jairus. He's a ruler. He he will, he's like a modern day minister, in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. And he he know he's like, there's one guy who can help me, mm -hmm. and I'm going straight to that guy. I don't know. And he goes straight to Jesus, and he tells him exactly what he wants. He says that I implore you. He implored him earnestly. My daughter is to the point of death. Come lay your hands with her, that she may come and live. And what does the next verse say? And he went with him. Yeah. Sometimes we just got to go boldly and ask God for what we want. Ooh. <laughs> I got I see what you're doing over there. So I I 
Okay, I gotcha. I understand <laughs> that. I I think you're talking to something that we need to be careful, maybe, but maybe not. <laughs> I, I I do think that if our prayers are not specific, I, I I do think that at times we don't have our prayer answers because we are not specific with our prayers. Some, so here is why I say that because sometimes when we're making a prayer, a specific prayer, mm -hmm. you will most likely realize is this within God's will or for me or not? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we make vague prayers and we ask God we, and we want God to answer them. But I think specific, specificity, Speci specificity, or whatever the word is, good take, job. Take the all of them under your tongue. And speak here we go. Hey, everybody, <laughs> applaud Danny here. He 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 just spoke some pretty crazy words right there, and uh, it's or and you know whatever that word is. I think we need to be very specific on what we are asking Jesus, uh, because that then we we'll ourselves realize, oh. Mm, I will never get this because it's not within God's will. Oh no, this is within God's will for my life. Um, I, I I I think you're right. I think you. you I, I'm not saying you should name and claim it, but no, I'm, no, so no. I'm no. Then, that, I'm then, I, I am saying specific, specificity it yeah, is I, part I, of prayer. And I think on a one-on-one -on -one with Jesus, when you're being, being very specific about it, uh, I think you realize yourself what kind of prayer you make, and I think that's important. Yeah, no, I, I and that's really what is like. So how many times we we just don't we just go to prayer with just organic, just like, not not specificity in, in what mm -hmm. we're praying for, and um, God wants us to ask. He wants us to to, to ask for. It. So, but 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 then you know you talk about uh, Jairus and he does the two things very similar to what the demon possessed guy did. <clears throat> the first one is this: he fell on his feet. Mm. Right, um, but here is a different collapse. The word uh, he fell at his feet here is a collapse before Jesus with pain, hurt, and fear. Uh, there's a lot, lot, lots of pain uh, sticking to this guy here. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he's about to lose something there dearly to him. Well, he's motivated. Oh, oh, he's, okay. he's, highly, he's highly motivated. Highly motivated for sure. This is his only kid, mm -hmm. his daughter. Mm -hmm. Doesn't talk about any other kids that he has. No, my daughter, and you you're motivated. Okay, can, okay. Can I bring something up here that I I think yeah. is important? I wasn't mentioning this because uh, I don't know, but I, the fact that it's a daughter and a woman being healed here, Jesus is elevating the status of women in his ministry. Yeah. Uh, women and especially a daughter would never deserve a miracle from the Almighty, right? So. That Jesus is that Jairus is bringing. There's a bringing bring, uh, girls bring it up, being brought up here. Uh, scholars talk about make comments that Jesus is standing uh, to the list of all lists. Mm -hmm. A girl um, that was not made much significance for the community on a girl on a woman, especially a girl, yeah. where um, for here. Uh, for Jairus, it was important because it was his daughter, of course. Yeah. Uh, but for Jesus, she was important not because she was only Jairus' daughter, but because she was a girl too, and that needed to be elevated to the status of what she needed to be. So Jesus once again uh, attempted to elevate the status of women on a culture that diminished mm -hmm. or took advantage of. Yeah, women. A, whole, a whole half of a chapter is dedicated to this story, mm -hmm. in, in in that to to your point exactly. Um, but let's let, let's talk about the, the, the so so like so Jairus is kneel down yeah. before this and then he implore 
yeah. honestly, which is bagging too. Yeah, it's kind of e a just like the other. Guys. That's like, you know. So <laughs> I think it's funny how Mark kind of does this kind of stuff. There's three people falling down before Jesus here: mm-hmm. the demons, jars, and then later on we'll talk about believing. Yeah, and um, and that's what's important about it because Jesus, right here, is Jairus, right? He he comes and Jesus is going with him, and then we encounter this woman, mm-hmm. this woman who all we know is that she's had an issue of blood for over twelve years. Mm-hmm. The woman's twelve years suffering. The girl is twelve years old. What do we have with numbers in the Bible? Twelve is what? Twelve is my favorite number. <laughs> <laughs> Has to do with faith. <laughs> 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 has to do with the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 disciples by which the, the 12 tribes yeah. kind of derive from kind of the analogy that Jesus was trying to do, calling the 12 disciples. Yeah. It should be reminded, remind first century Jew that he's aiming at the 12 tribes of Israel uh, here. Uh, once again, uh, this idea of elevating the ladies here, uh, these are important people to Jesus. And I think the number 12 can bring that that nuance to it. This is important people. Uh, this is God's people uh, that has been suffering and about to end the exile for both of them, uh, yeah. which which is something that Jesus does, which was the word you said earlier, and I like that word. That's why that throughout this whole passage, the word liberated, mm-hmm. liberator, yeah, liberator, yeah, is there. That's what he's <clears throat> doing here. Uh, yeah, he's he's gonna liberate this lady from the from her condition. For twelve mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. he's gonna liberate the the girl at the end. Uh, you know, uh, gonna spoil it here. Yeah, he raise her from the dead. <laughs> that's right. That's right. He does. Uh, he, spoiler he, alert. <laughs> he had the what is the name of those little thing that you put on people's chest? Shock. The shock. Tali could be boom. That is right. Jesus does wake her up and 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 that's important. You said earlier, Jars was motivated. Motivated, and he says, "My little daughter is at the point of death. She's not quite dead yet at this time." So, he his faith that Jesus could turn things around. Well, he's is so so admirable here. She's not quite dead yet. You know, so he's like, "I think Jesus can turn this around." And can I make a metaphor here? So many times in our own lives, things are not quite dead yet, but we already have given up on them. Killed it. Instead of being specific and asking God, like you are saying earlier, yeah. you're just like, oh, you know what? I don't think God can do nothing about it. And instead of asking God for life back at it, it might be marriage, it might be your financial yeah. life, it might be something specific. And instead of like... It's point to that. It's not that yet. I yeah. Can well, just well, can turn it around. You well, the idea that comes it. to my mind as you say that, I, I'm thinking about he's looking at a hopeless situation, but he's yes. only, but he's only seeing hope. Yes. You know how many the, times do we look at a hopeless situation and we just continue to go down the path of hopelessness? A lot of us. We have to see the hope in the hopeless situation. In this situation, his hope was coming into town on a boat. Jesus. That's right. That's right. Uh, and so many of us focus on that, though. Focus on the hopelessness. We don't focus on... So, you know, it's a cliche. You have been, heard this all the time. When we take your eyes from Jesus and put it on your trouble, where do you live? You live in trouble. You sink like Peter. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. From like, So we need to uh, focus on Jesus. If, and, and especially when things are not dead yet. Don't call it dead 
what is still alive. Yeah. So let's let's look at this woman here, because mm-hmm. uh, like I said, this this is a sandwich writing here. So we sure. see Jairus comes in. He asks Jesus to come. My daughter is at the point of death. Jesus is following her, mm-hmm. and and I could just imagine the scene. Like he's like walking. It says the crowds thronged upon him. They were pressing in. They were looking, and this woman. The Bible says that she has spent all her money trying to find healing in all different things. She mm-hmm. had she had she's down to her last resort. Mm-hmm. But to imagine the pain. <coughs> the suffering that mm-hmm. this woman was going through, it, it's it seems like we read about it and we play it off. But this woman was, she had a discharge of blood for 12 years in mm-hmm. pain, mm-hmm. dealing with a condition that not only made her, you talk about uh, unclean in the first chapter, yeah. first half, <coughs> she was ceremonially unclean. <coughs> and, and Exodus talks about it. anything she sat on made it unclean. Yes. You know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're, she, you're crazy. <laughs> but, um, in terms of like just but her Leviticus chapter 19 tells that that yeah. you know that she until she's healed she's banished from the community I think yeah. there's some things here like you're, you're touching on she's banished from the community yeah. she's not welcome there she's supposed to be cleaning yelling that she's unclean there's a physical and uh, shame here there's a spiritual shame here there's a complete rejection she's contaminated mm-hmm. if you touch her you're contaminated this lady is not supposed to be around she's lost relationally mm-hmm. she's she's lost physically in a sense because what is the biggest thing for for we talking about women at the time there? Mm-hmm. What was their what was their commodity? Family. Sure. Yeah. Being in relation with people. Mm-hmm. She didn't have that. Yes. Right. It doesn't talk much about it. She's by herself, and then she goes and she steals his credit card and she bought something with it. What? <laughs> she she bought some healing. <laughs> she did. She did. Uh, I, I mean, I have preached on this before. I I I think these women like. Uh, you have heard me say this many times. This is people have heard me say disparate times calls for disparate measure within reason, mm-hmm. right? So she's breaking every single law that is to be broken to touch Jesus here. She's not supposed to be doing this. No, she's not supposed to be around. And but but so she's a little rebel here, in a sense. If you if you're gonna talk about if you're gonna look at the 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 raw the laws as it was. She's a little rebel here. She's breaking every law. Every law. And he stole Jesus' credit card. Yeah, she bought some healing oils. That's exactly <laughs> how. So, you know, sometimes desperate measure, uh, desperate moments, circumstances in our lives calls for desperate, desperate measure. Now, desperate... Call, uh, desperate measures call for desperate. Desperate know. times leads to desperate yeah, uh, measures. So, which really means is that you know sometimes you need to be unconventional how you're gonna seek Jesus. Here's the point: you it's okay to be a little bit untraditional as long as your focus is on Jesus, right? Yes. Most people won't understand maybe time, but then the miracle would will will reveal. Um, the work of God in your life. Now, if you were rebelled and you stole the credit card and you got no healing, that means you were completely wrong. So you gotta balance that out there. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying you should be unconventional, but sometimes there are some unconventional ways of um, attaining what we want in Jesus Christ. Yeah, and, and and what he does here, like when when she when she reaches out and she touches him, he doesn't know who touched him. You gotta think he knows, right? Because. I think he's doing it for a reason. Okay. And, and the reason why I think he's doing it is so that he could declare publicly mm. that mm. a miracle happened. Mm. And secondly, that she's actually healed. 
Because it said that she felt in her body. Now, this is a personal thing, right? I could feel something, but you don't know how that is. But not only that, she was she was extradited in a sense mm-hmm. from, from being her own. Now she can go back and worship because Jesus affirms. She acknowledges her mm-hmm. sickness, mm-hmm. acknowledges her healing, acknowledges mm-hmm. a miracle happened. Mm-hmm. I started reading it today. And secondly, he reinstates her into community. Yes. And, yes. and, and then... He probably calls her something that she probably hasn't heard in a long time. What is it? It says daughter. Mm, mm. Daughter is such a term of, uh, you know, think about when you talk to your daughter. I don't have a daughter, but when, when you when you use that terminology with your daughter, what is that? What does that portray? What does that communicate to her? Mm. That she's accepted. She's accepted. That she's in the fold. Uh, that she'll be protected, that she'll be provided, that, I mean, uh, I mean, when that's how I think about daughter, that you'll be comforted, that uh, you'll be encouraged, that uh, you... And all those right there is exactly the same thing he's value. he's conveying to mm-hmm. her by saying daughter. You want to know a fun fact, too? Tell me. This is the only time he uses that phrase in the Bible. Daughter. Daughter? Really? Daughter speaking to her specifically. He talks about daughters of, like, of different things but specifically and specifically in this section this is the only time Jesus talks like this well and and you talk about daughters here you see that there is a daughter gaining life getting life and there is a daughter dying right uh, and and you see that there were you know Jesus called her daughter and Jesus have compassion on her your faith has made you well go in peace man faith shine the brightest in mm-hmm. hopeless times. And you see that in here on both stories. Yeah. Right? Well, the, the well, so like I said, we're in this sandwich now. We're in the middle of the mm-hmm. sandwich. And where's Jairus? Dude, this <laughs> he's, is... He's witnessing all of this, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you imagine how he must have felt? I remember your brother uh, was talking about this. And your brother used the word, he was a patient man. Yes. I was like, you're right. He's patient. I, if my daughter is dying and a lady comes in the way, I'm gonna do something not nice, you know. Uh, you know, you're cutting the line. You know, we all know if we're in Kroger over there, somebody cut the line. You don't like that. You're in the traffic and is it still traffic? And somebody cut the line. You don't like that. This lady cut the line, and Jairus is just like experienced the whole thing. Yeah, and so while that is happening, like you alluded to. Uh, the the girl dies. So in the moment of we don't know what time exactly, mm-hmm. but let, let's say it was happening at the same time, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now she gets her healing. The woman dies. The, mm-hmm. the girl, little girl, dies, and the news comes from the, his home, and he tells Jesus, "You know what? It, it's all good. She's died." The father, he 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 pretty much he gives up hope in a little bit. We just talked about how he was looking at a hopeless situation, and he was looking at the hope, but he was ready to accept. The fact that she passed, he said, he says that, you know, teacher, don't bother the teacher. Why trouble the teacher any further? But Jesus, Jesus overhearing tells him, um, do not fear, only believe. Mm. And I think that's important because when we walk with Jesus, mm. we must never give up hope. Never give up hope. And um, <coughs> even, even when your biggest fear comes about. <clears throat> which was Jairus' biggest fear was to lose his was to lose his daughter, and it came about. Mm-hmm. But we, even when our biggest fear, oh, the things that we fear the most, becomes true, they uh, should still trust Jesus. Yeah. Uh, we still should heed to God's word. We still should stick with Jesus. We still should focus on Jesus. 
So when 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 uh, when you fo- shift your focus from Jesus to the circumstance to what happened to maybe even the reality of things, that's when uh, God stopped and working at your favor. But Jairus don't 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 even though he loses hope as you're saying, he still heard yeah. he still heed to God's word to Jesus' word. Jesus is like whoa, whoa, whoa don't worry yeah. about that. Well, I have this statement that I was when I was kind of reading through this like. God honors imperfect faith from a sincere heart when the object of that faith is Jesus. Mm, can you repeat that, maybe? God honors imperfect faith from mm. a sincere heart when the object of that faith is Jesus. Wow. See, what was Jairus, what was the sincere in his heart here? His his daughter. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. His faith wasn't perfect, right? Because no. he was up there, Jesus was falling, he hears his daughter's dead. What, what do he say next? You know what? That's not trouble the teacher anymore. Mm-hmm. Perfect faith would say no. No, he, he yeah. can do it. He will do but it. But yeah. God honored that. Yes. Wow, you know? that's so cool. I and, like that. And uh, he honored that, and we see the beautiful thing that happens. So we, if we go into the rest of the story, mm-hmm. see he gets to the house of the ruler, and they're all, <coughs> they're all they're all had their sackcloths on. You know. Yeah, they're all they're, crying. They're all mourning. They're wailing. They're they're. The, we we all know uh, most people know this uh, have heard this before. Those professional griever people who was professionally paid to cry for the family with the family. Uh, actually, oh. the richer the, the the richer the individual, uh, the more people you pay to to grieve with you and to cry for you. So uh, these are professional individuals. They that's what they do for a living. You get paid to cry while while somebody. Um, when somebody dies, so yeah, um, just had a little attitude here too. He says, "Why are you making a commotion and weeping? Mm-hmm. The child is not dead, but sleeping." And then what did they do? They laughed at him, and then he then he kicked them out. <laughs> well, real broken people don't laugh when they are hurting. Real yeah. broken people don't laugh uh, when they have no hope. Mm. Right. Yeah. So so these people, they this is not personal to them. They're just. Uh, making some extra money here on the expenses <laughs> of somebody else in the expense of the family who just lost a daughter and the expense of Jesus who is going to make a miracle so uh, and then you get uh, you know that now this was all a public affair now mm-hmm. becomes a private affair because Jesus is like okay get out everybody get out of here everybody just seven people seven people there go numbers again mm-hmm. right you said 12 for the ladies only seven people goes into the room. Jesus, Peter, James, John, the mom, Jairus, and the girl. Mm. I didn't pick up on that, but that's, yeah. What, what, what the seven means? Complete. Complete, right? So Jesus had it there who was supposed to be there. He was in complete control. Amen, brother. Um, you know, because he didn't want nobody undermining his work. Uh, you know, undermining what he was going to do, so he kicked them out. It is important. Uh, there is an important lesson here for us in relationships. There's always people in around us who's undermining our faith, who is undermining what Jesus can do in our lives, and we allow them to laugh and and weep and and well loudly uh, around us. Uh, and sometimes we just need to push them out of our lives, to push the toxic out of our lives. And allow Jesus to remain there, and to have, to have the right people with us. 
a lot of us we are not very savvy in how to parse within relationships and keep around us those who belongs uh, who should be around us and those who should not so um, I think Jesus uh, make a public uh, affair he moves from from public to private affair and Jesus keeps with him those who are supposed to be there um, I don't know what do you think I mean, I, I just I just really like this story here between both the women because we can contrast both of them, right? I, I know you, we, we had talked about this before. I heard you say, like, you think about the girl, the woman with the issue of blood couldn't give life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then the girl, she she passes away. She's probably coming of the age where she could be able to give, give life. life. Mm-hmm. And how, how Jesus gives life to both these these individuals both these ladies mm-hmm. in different ways yeah you know bringing back the girl and giving this woman healing that she was seeking for so long yes and uh, and isn't that what Jesus does liberate people redeem people restore mm-hmm. people John 10 10 which is a verse I have quoted many times Jesus came to give life life in an abundance but the enemy he came to kill to steal and destroy it uh, you know uh, and and so we need to we need to at times believe in what Jesus does and st- and stand up for what Jesus does and stop um, giving in to yeah. what the enemy does. You know oh, why there's evil in the world? Well, God has nothing to do with that. Why there is destruction in the world? Well, God has nothing to do with that. Why there is death in the world? God has nothing to do with that. That's not what Jesus came to do. Came Jesus, came, Jesus came to give life, um, uh, and and I think that's important for us. And we see here uh, at this uh, at this passage. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like going back to what Jesus had told. He simply told Jairus to believe, right? Mm-hmm. Now, that was an easy thing to ask, but a difficult thing to do. Here you have Jairus' daughter already died. How how could he believe? I see. This is where this is what fate is. It is believing in that. Hebrews 11.1, 1, God also asks us to believe when it's not always easy. Um, and going back to that scene at the house was one of great grief. The child passed away. Jesus told him that she was just asleep, and then they obviously laugh at him. Jesus didn't pick up his stuff and leave because they laughed at him. How many times do we do, does our goals and the things that we're trying to do is impeded because people are laughing at us? Hmm. You know, I think... Um, Jesus continued to, he, he didn't throw insults back at them. He didn't take it personally. He, he, he went in and he raised her up uh, and he, he extends her life. Um, and it says the girl got up and people were shocked. So their laughs were instantly gone as Jesus had them, had them silenced. Sometimes God will silence your critics. Sure, yes. You know. Um, we don't have to play the revenge. No. Let God does his thing. You just need to yeah. rest on the... In the power of the Almighty, let rest, on, rest yeah. on God. Let Him do His thing. Yeah, my wife always says, "Don't hold a grudge. Leave it to the judge." That's true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, so many of us, we we have adversaries, and instead of allowing God, trusting God to make things right, we just want to go make things right. And I think this uh, great lesson you just taught us all there. So, yeah. 
So that's chapter five. Any any last thing on chapter five that you wanna mention here before we take before we cut this one off? No, no. I just wanna remind everybody: faith shines brighter in hopeless times, and uh, we're at times it feels like we're hoping we're living in hopeless times. So. Yeah, I mean, I think in all three of these instances, what I what I really liked about the about each of these encounters is that Jesus took the time to to love each one of these individuals as if they were the only one there was. Mm-hmm. He took time with the man and had that conversation with the demons, mm-hmm. with the man, healed mm-hmm. the man, told the guy, listen, you go your way, I'm going my way, you know. With Jairus and his daughter, the, the woman, he, he, he didn't rush. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, hey, no, he took the time to, to be with the woman and to, to reinstate her. And also he um, he spent, obviously, with what he did for Jairus. So, you, so you're telling me to end this here that Jesus wants to know people. He wants to know you. Not just meet their needs. No, he wants to know people. He loves each and every one of us as if there's only one of us to love. Mm. Um that's should end there should end there yeah <laughs> well that's chapter five uh thank you guys for hanging with us hanging out with us for chapter five yes yes uh chapter six coming next week uh as always if you have any questions about this podcast or just need to talk to samurai feel free to reach out to us until then we hope you have a great week enjoy your week and as we say here be blessed be blessed